What's going on, Blur of Nation? And I had mentioned before that the pandemic um, got me to do a lot of things during this time. One of those things was falling into the rabbit hole that is Reddit. Between... Actually, really not between anything, just a lot of things. I mean, I really jumped in, I really got into a lot of videos on Reddit via YouTube, so I've always watched like a whole bunch of compilations and stuff. But, you know, it made me jump into Reddit itself. So, uh, this is a Reddit is very entertaining, it's extremely entertaining. So, I wanted to take some time out, as I mentioned before, that I was going to do. A lot of videos and stuff or speak on a lot of these on um, reddit videos over the next couple of weeks or so just to have some fun and see where my opinion stands on a lot of these things so yeah I mean as the title of this suggests we're gonna be talking about a lot of unpopular opinions uh, I didn't want to just talk about just regular unpopular opinions right away I wanted to jump in some of the movie unpopular opinions that people have I figured that'd be a little bit fun thing to do so that's what we are going to do right now. We are going to jump into some unpopular movie opinions via Reddit. And we are going to find out if some of these hot takes are things that I agree with or hot takes that I don't agree with. Now, if there's a Reddit subject or a Reddit video that you would like for me to talk about here, feel free to suggest it, you know. In a comment section or on my Instagram or wherever, wherever you're connected to me, feel free to share it or feel free to suggest wherever. But in any case, we're going to jump right into this. So the first one is from two months ago. It says that classic horror movies aren't scary anymore. There's really not much to say in this video here. So I'm going to be honest with you. Classic horror movies never scared me anyway. I was never scared of Freddy Krueger. If anything, I found Freddy Krueger to be funny. Um, Jason did nothing for me. Well, no, let me take that back. I, I found Jason entertaining. Uh, being that he's essentially just a zombie, just coming after people that invade his camp where he died. Uh, it was just, it was just interesting to see how many ways he could kill people as the movie series progressed. Chucky, I think, is interesting, what, especially what they decided to do with him over the past couple of years, especially with the Chucky series getting ready to come out. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. That, that, that's a franchise that lets us up to being going on for a long period of time. You know, all these other things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, things like that, you know, never really scared me. Mike My Michael Myers, absolutely does nothing for me. Like, I think out of everything, out of all the franchises I've named, Halloween, the Halloween franchise is probably the most boring one to me. It, it, it really is. It's really the most boring one to me. I've never, you know, really taken a liking to it. Um, there are some older horror movies that were pretty good that stand out. Um, you know, Rosemary's Baby is one of them. You know, Children of the Corn, um, Village of the Damned. But for the most part, a lot of the horror movies from back then aren't, have never really been that scary to me. Like, I tell you the... The most recent horror movie that really kind of had me or sent the shiver up my spine is Hereditary. And I know a lot of people have opinions on Hereditary, but I think it's one of the best modern-day horror movies to come out within recent years. I really enjoyed Hereditary. Anyway, we're going to get right back into this. We're going to keep moving. Um, second one is from three months ago. It says, 
The Raid is better than The Raid 2. I enjoyed The Raid 2, but the pacing of the first one was non-stop and the fight scenes felt more energetic, sleek, and had greater stunts. But props to The Raid 2 for adding a lot more blood. This, I will agree with. I will agree with, um, as far as a pace, from a pacing standpoint, the Raid 1 definitely had a better pace. And it was definitely a lot more action-packed than the Raid 2. Um, the Raid 2, you know, was a little bit more open world. So, you know, Rama was going to all these different locations. But at least in the Raid 1, you know, he was stuck to that a whole apartment complex. So he had to fight his way out of it. So everything was on go mode. You know, he had to, he had to move. He, he didn't have time to, like, sit and relax. He had to get it moving so he can get out and get out alive. And the fighting was a lot, was very visceral, visceral <clears throat> in the raid, um, in the first raid movie. Um, I will say the my favorite fight from the entire raid franchise, though, would be the end fight in the raid one, uh, and as well as the end fight in the raid two. Um, the end fight with Rama and um, the other guy in um, the kitchen in raid two, one of the best fights I've ever seen on film. So... But I, I will I will have to agree that from a pacing standpoint, the Raid 1 is definitely the better shot film. I will, I will agree with that. Moving on to the next one, I really didn't like Moonlight. The main character is too passive and barely speaks. The decade skipping is gimmicky and pretentious, as well as making it unable to tell a concise, concise story. More interesting plot points are brought up and are brought up and either forgot I, I don't think this guy English is too well so more interesting plot points are brought up and either forgotten about or resolved off screen I've never seen Moonlight I, and I know it was one of those Oscar bait movies I, I've just never gotten around to seeing it so maybe one day if I'm really curious I'll check it out but um yeah I, just, I never so I have no opinion on this I've never seen Moonlight so I can so I couldn't tell you um, the next part, next one is from five months ago. I mean, I just, I'm going to just start reading the ones out. He says, TMR, the Maze Runner is amazing, and I don't give a fuck what you say. Same thing with the Hunger Games, bye. The, the Maze Runner is actually a really solid, the Maze Runner is actually a really solid, um, film franchise. I have not seen the last one. I believe it's called The Death Cure. I haven't seen that, but, um, I have seen the Maze Runner and the Scorch Trials. I really enjoyed the first movie. I enjoyed the first initial movie. I thought the score trials were pretty interesting, but it is a pretty solid film franchise. I'll give it that. Um, I haven't seen all of the Hunger Games movies. I've seen the first one. I've seen um, Catching Fire. Is that the second movie? And I've seen some of Mockingjay Part 2. But, you know, a lot of these... Um, fictional teen novels that they come out with, you know, Twilight, Maze Runner, you know, Hunger Games, all those things, you know, I never read them, so, you know, I was, those were never really for me, but again, I did enjoy the first Maze Runner, I enjoyed that a great deal. Next one, date movie from 2006 deserves more credit for its contributions to the artistry of cinema. For years, scholars have been debating uh, over how much screen time can be dedicated to watching a cat take a shit. Before date movie, the longest depiction of a cat taking a shit was likely uh, most 10 seconds. The makers of date movie knew they would they could do better, though. They showed a cat taking a shit for a whole minute and a half. 
do you know how much do you know how long a minute and a half is in terms of the cat taking the shit is an eternity the makers of date movie knew it could be done though and they succeeded an achievement that has yet to be beaten now all like all the movie you know the, the movie franchise you know i'd say probably ran its course um i don't know maybe meet the spartans um i i i've never i haven't seen all the scary movies um i saw, i've seen scary movie one i've seen scary movie two and i believe i saw scary movie three um i didn't see any of the other movies after that because actually uh after scary movie two i was kind of I was kind of done. Like scary, scary movie two to me is the funniest one out of the bunch. I love scary movie two. Um, I've seen epic movie. Nah. Um, date movie I thought was actually pretty funny. I, I'll I'll give it that. I thought date movie was actually pretty funny. Um, I've I've seen superhero movie for the most part. I've seen majority of it for the most part. Um, I believe there was um. I forget. I, I want to say disaster movie. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I believe that's what it's called. But, um, yeah. After a while, it loses its stick. Stick after a minute. But um, I did find date movie to be kind of funny. So I mean, not for the cat taking the shit part, but you know, that's just that's just my opinion. This person is asking, name an underrated, an overrated Marvel movie. Um. The Marvel Cinematic Universe seems to have a highly praised community, but they're not always perfect. Name a movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you think is not great, but a lot of people like, and let's talk about it. Uh, just some reading some of the um, opinions here. Some of the, some people have said Avengers Endgame, Captain America Civil War, um, Winter Soldier, uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Infinity War is better than Endgame, honestly speaking. In my in my honest opinion, I really think Infinity War is better than Endgame. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy Endgame. I enjoy a lot of the elements that went into it. The final battle, you know, the opening of um, um, Endgame. I enjoyed it a great deal, but Infinity War was Thanos' movie. It was his movie. So, like, watching his character move around in that movie it kept me kept me interested it kept me invested in the movie that's why i feel like infinity war is better infinity war just hits differently than endgame does but as far as like an overrated marvel movie yeah i guess endgame you know i know it's the like a final installment in like you know phase three and things like that i get that but to me it's infinity war infinity war just hits differently um let's see I enjoy Joker not as much as other people. Let's see. I found the movie very similar to other movies that are way better. I still enjoyed the acting, dialogue, cinematography, but it never really worked for me. I enjoyed Joker because, of course, it's a DC property. And I like the idea that they took the Joker character in a different different direction. You know, it wasn't Jack Napier. It wasn't like Heath Ledger's Joker or... Mark Hamill's Joker or Cesar Romero's Joker. It's like I equate the Joker that we got in Joker, Arthur Fleck, to being like Joker Prime or like 
Joker point O, like 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 how they say patient zero, like the first one. That's how I view Arthur Fleck. I view him as like the blueprint for how all other Jokers appear within the remainder of the cinematic universe. That includes Jack Nicholson's Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, um, Jared Leto's Joker, um, maybe to an extent Cesar Romero's Joker, Mark um, Mark Hamill's Joker, you know John DiMaggio's Joker. I like I, I I look at Arthur Fleck as like the blueprint or the mock-up of how Joker, how the moniker of Joker came to be within the DC Cinematic Universe, or just the DC Entertainment Universe as a whole. You know, all the Jokers that we've had previous to Arthur Fleck were just copying him. That's the way I look at it. I know I'm most likely wrong, and I could very well be wrong, but that's how I look at it. That's just me. Um, I know it's not a movie, but I hated Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. It's a comedy special and not a film, but opinion still stands. I realize I'm probably not in the minority, and a lot of people feel the same way, but holy shit. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's always baffled me. A comedy special should be funny. Screaming about how you how you were raped and then forgotten and put in jokes isn't funny. Or fun. Or even powerful. It's just awkward and awful. Make a TED Talk, not a comedy special. Um... The name Hannah Gatsby sounds very familiar to me. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really been keeping up with a lot of stand-up. I've been trying to, but I really haven't. I know there's a lot of stand-up specials on like Netflix, and I think you can find some a lot of old ones on Amazon Prime. But to me, to watch stand-up, you have to really, really, really be in the mood to watch stand-up. Um, either if it's a comic that you really, 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 really like, or you just have them to be in the, the big mood to really, really, really want to laugh. So, um, yeah, I really haven't been watching a lot of stand-up comedy specials as of late. I think the last one, the last one might have been a Kevin Hart one, maybe on Netflix or something like that. I, I've watched, you know, I watched the Chappelle ones, the ones he's dropped on Netflix. I've watched those and things like that. But um, aside from that, I haven't been watching a lot of stand-up. So I got no opinion on that. Um, Roma is overrated as fuck. Well, like while I while I can appreciate the technological aspects, the, te the screenplay is terrible. I don't even know why people like the movie beyond those aspects. The acting is serviceable at best and painful at worst. It's an all-around bad movie, but not in bad like Crash or The Lion King remake, just mediocre and forgettable. Also, this this did not deserve a best Oscar nod. Or even half the Oscars that it got nominated for. I I kind of remember I, I vaguely remember the name Roma, but I've never seen Roma, so I got no opinion on that either. So we're we're just gonna move on from that. Um Pulp Fiction is overrated. It's a great movie, but people make it way more than it actually is. I wouldn't even put it in my top three. Maybe top ten, but still maybe. Um People are saying you can you call a movie overrated and say it's maybe in your top ten of all time. Um, then a person replies, just because it's overrated doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it makes people people make it more than what it actually is. For instance, you can argue that Fight Club is underrated, even though it's in the tenth place on IMDb's best movies of all time. I have actually, and I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this and. People, you guys are probably going to jump in my comments section. 
with a lot of scorn, but I've actually never actually sat and watched Pulp Fiction from beginning to end. I've seen clips, I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never actually sat down and watched Pulp Fiction. Maybe I should. Like it, that, and that goes on with a list of other movies that I probably should have watched, but I've never watched before. The Godfather is one of them. I've never watched any of the Godfather movies because they don't they, they don't interest me. The, the Godfather doesn't interest me. Um, Citizen Kane, you know things like that. Um, there, there, I know there's a lot of movies that are supposed to be like the holy grails of cinema, but I've just never actually sat down to watch them, and it's only because those things don't really interest me. But I know at some point, especially given the profession that I'm trying that I'm getting into, I should probably give those things a look. But again, I've never sat and watched Pulp Fiction, so I'm just gonna say I have no opinion on that. 2001 A Space Odyssey sucks. It's extremely boring, and while I appreciate the realism and metaphorical script, Kubrick goes way too far, making it simply dull. And the words of Nathan Kamal is, um, is not a movie you watch, it's one, it's one you get through. Again, another movie that I've actually never sat down and watched. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I know what the gist of the story is, but I've never actually sat and watched 2001 A Space Odyssey. So again, another movie that I don't really have an opinion about. Suspiria. The remake of Suspiria is much better than the original. That title sounds vaguely familiar also, but I've never sat and watched that. Um, next one. The Land of the Lost movie is genius. Comedic genius. Full stop. I'm a fan of Will Ferrell, which, which is the craziest thing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Will Ferrell. Back from the SNL days, I'm a, I've always been a, ba- big, been a big fan of Will Ferrell. But there were a lot of his movies that I just didn't get around to watching. Um, I did watch Land of the Lost. And that's really only because I used to watch the show that used to come on Nickelodeon back in the day. But I didn't really care for this movie. I I, I didn't. I didn't care for Land of the Lost movie. But, you know. I guess with all things, comedy is subjective. You know, so. Next one. Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the best movie franchises, even the newer ones. People in the future will be nostalgic for the original five Powers of the Caribbean movies, just like people are now for Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And Jack Sparrow will be remembered as one of the greatest main characters of all time, and as a childhood hero, just like Indiana Jones and Luke Skywalker. One through five will undoubtedly go down in history as cinematic classics. I guess that's it. You know, um, and you know what? I'll agree with this. You know... While there are some movies in the franchise that didn't really like excite me like the others, I, for the most part, enjoy the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. You know, and I'm, you're talking to a person who kind of, who got into the franchise late because I, I never, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the first movie until after I watched the second movie. You know, I'm, I mean, I know that it was based off a ride from Disney World, but it didn't interest me. Pirates were never a big thing for me, but. You know, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp is my guy. But, I mean, but like I said, I saw I saw Dead Man's Chest in the movie theaters first, and I li- I love the way that movie went. So after watching that, I went back and watched the first one. I watched um, Curse of the Black Pearl. And then, of course, when um, At World's End came out, I jumped into that. I went to the movie theaters to go see At World's End. And then, of course, you had On Stranger Ties, which is the one that I didn't really dig too much. I, 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 I could... You know, it was great, but it wasn't the best. And then, of course, the latest one, um, 
Dead Men Tell No Tales. You know, I, I thought that was a pretty good one also. Like, I, I, for the most part, enjoy, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. So I'll have to agree with this one. I think it is one of the better franchises that are out there. Next one. Suicide Squad isn't terrible or amazing. It's fine. And I'm going to assume they're talking about the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, let's see. Person says, hey, buddy, I don't want to seem like a dick, but I may, but I may need, I may soon require elaboration on all posts. For now, it's a small sub. Okay. Um, whatever. Um, next person says, really, I think people aren't upset about it because it's awful. They're upset because of how mediocre it is. Um, I wouldn't call the first Suicide Squad movie mediocre. I wouldn't say that. It was ambitious. I think it took some direction that it shouldn't have taken. But overall, it's not a horrible movie. I don't think the first Suicide Squad movie is bad. And this is coming from someone who just watched The Suicide Squad. Um, I do think the second Suicide Squad movie, The Suicide Squad, I think it's, it goes in a better direction. Even as far as who the main antagonist is. But... Again, my only grout with the first Suicide Squad movie is the fact that they dealt with Enchantress as a main as a main threat. A character like Enchantress is someone for Justice League Dark to deal with. John Constantine and all of them, they deal with Enchantress. But not the Suicide Squad. I mean, you had Jared Leto as Joker in the movie. He should have just been the main attack. He should have been the main threat in the movie. It would have made, that would have made the most sense. Have the Joker be the main threat for the movie. You know, you know, so like I said, it, it, it's I, I can agree with this. It's not terrible, but it's not amazing either. It's just it's just an OK movie. It's all right. Next one. Um, Pr Prometheus is one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. It is darkly beautiful, constantly tense, visually gorgeous, has a captivating soundtrack and looks at very profound topics ranging from the purpose of humanity to the humanity with A.I. Characters making illogical decisions in the heat of the moment should not invalidate everything good about a film. Um, it's been a while since I watched Prometheus, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, and I say that as a person that isn't like a super big fan of the Alien franchise. I mean, I've seen all the movies. I've seen them all. You know, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection... I've seen Prometheus, I've seen Alien vs. Predator, and even that horrible Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I think the only Alien movie in the franchise that I haven't watched is Alien Covenant. I haven't watched that. But I thought Prometheus was a pretty ambitious prequel to the Alien franchise, so I'll give it that. That's all I can say. Um, as far as like one of the best sci-fi movies of all time... I'd have to get back to you on that one. Maybe by the end of this video, I'll have my answer on what the what I feel is the greatest sci-fi movie of all time is. So, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is boring and overrated. I found Portrait of a Lady on Fire to be extremely boring and overly disappointing. The characters are underdeveloped and barely have any personality beyond their lust for one another. Their relationship feels so unconvincing. I did not feel any connection to them whatsoever, so I couldn't find myself rooting for their romance. The cinematography of the beach, fireplace, etc. was stunning at times, but also simultaneously felt monotonous. I also personally did not like the lack of score, and I think that even subtle music in a few of the romantic scenes could have greatly improved this movie. 
The film was just so flat and lifeless, there was really not much that was memorable enough for me to grasp onto. I've never seen this movie, so, you know, that, that, that that's, that's all I got for you. I've never seen this movie, so, yeah. And moving right along. Russell Crowe's voice was fine in Les Miserables. I've never seen Les Miserables, and it's a movie that never interested me. Let's go, so we're going to keep moving. Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor of all time. This is an unpopular opinion. The video below goes into detail, but the short version is that Nicolas Cage has a fresh take on acting and is the first person to advance the art and craft of acting for quite some time. Um, I know a lot of people like love to hate on Nicolas Cage, but I'm not one of those people. Am I going to call him the greatest actor of all time? I wouldn't go that far, but I will say he he is slowly getting there. Like If you just look at just streaming services... Right now, what he's been putting out on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. The guy gets work. Nicolas Cage gets work, man. And all of his movies are interesting takes on a lot of things. Like, you know, like not like a lot of the mainstream things he's done, like, you know, National Treasure or Gone in 60 Seconds. You know, things like that. But he he he's definitely an actor that is trying to stretch out his range if you want to call it that, of acting with all these different types of, like, genre... I don't even want to call them genre pieces, but that's the, only, that's the only thing I can think of. They're genre pieces. You know, he has a movie out right now called Pig, where he's trying to find a pet pig of his. Only Nicolas Cage can do that at this point. I, I'm sorry, only Nicolas Cage can do something like that. Um, Next one. Gladiator. I don't get it. It just seems like a bunch of macho posturing bullshit with a predictable plot and nothing to say. What do people say in it? Oh, and Russell Crowe's an awful actor. I gotta see what some of these comments have to say. I gotta see some of these. I think people like the movie because it's fairly action-packed. Russell Crowe, while not the most skilled actor, fits the role perfectly well in Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix was a fucking bastard in that movie, as Commodus. Seems appropriately louder to me. It's a middling action movie. What do you mean? Crow is awful. He he was amazing, and the cinematography was really good, and people love the action in the film. The plot is quite good, too. I like Gladiator. I, 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 you know, I definitely enjoyed Gladiator a lot. You know, um, I know it, it's definitely one of those movies that you really gotta pay attention to, because if you don't, you will miss out on a lot of key elements of the movie. But I thought Russell Crowe did good as, like, a, you know, you know, he was a general. He was a military general who was, you know, very highly praised by the by the emperor of Rome at the time. And the fact of the matter is, the fact of that, the fact, the fact that the emperor of Rome was gonna pretty much make Ostrogoths Maximus Decimus Meridius the next emperor of Rome says a lot because rather than pass the title on to his son, he would rather give it to a general that he would trust the most. I mean, it's pretty. Compelling, it's like oh, it's almost Shakespearean in a way, very like much Homer's Odyssey, you know, the Iliad, things like that, Greek mythology kind of stuff like that. I think on 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 the face of it, Gladiator is actually a pretty decent, is actually a pretty good movie. If you don't get it, maybe you didn't want to get it, because I'm coming to the realization, if I have one popular opinion, especially in regards to entertainment. 
is that if you don't get the movie, if you don't get the TV show, if you don't get the whatever you're watching or looking at, you don't want to get it. That, that's that's the way I look at it. If you don't get it, you don't want to get it. You know. So we're gonna move on. We're gonna we're gonna move right along. Agree or disagree? Hey, that's why we're here. Call Me by Your Name is highly overrated. A movie with mediocre acting, a hollow story, and absent plot. The only good thing about it is the cinematography. I've never seen Call Me by Your Name. I couldn't even tell you what the plot of that movie was about. I don't even remember. Um, so we're just going to move on. The Spy Who Loved Me is a piece of shit movie. <laughs> Damn. It's not that unpopular to think Roger Moore's performances have poor charisma, but I think this drags down the quality of all his movies, especially The Spy Who Loved Me. If The Spy Who Loved Me is the pinnacle of his Bond career, that's like saying that the piece, the piece of feces that has the most consistency is the best out of anything. In the end, it's still shit. Why do people say The Spy Who Loved Me is a great Bond movie? Roger Moore is no better in this movie than any other of his Bond movies. So with that considered, in order for this movie to work, everything other than Moore's performance must be exemplary. Except none of it is. It feels too routine and no scene has an ounce of suspense. Not only is Bond uncharismatic, there is nothing in the plot worth feeling charismatic about. What else you got? Because he got more to say. Much suspense, much suspense is supposed to be derived from a large, muted man whose weapon is a large metal, is large metal teeth. He's not even suspenseful and certainly doesn't sneak up on Bond with cunning skill the way Robert Shaw did in From Russia With Love. The 70s music is corny and that and everything else helps make this movie feel like two hours of something, someone farting in your face. Now, I'll be the first one to admit also here on camera that I have not seen every single Bond movie there there is. Um, I've never seen George Lysenby's take on Bond. Uh, majority of my Bond experience is Sean Connery. I've seen a few of Roger Moore's takes, but honestly, he was never my favorite Bond. To, if I'm going to be quite honest with you, Roger Moore was never my favorite Bond. Um, I'm used to Sean Connery. Um, I, I, if, if I had to pick, if I had to state another unpopular movie opinion, Timothy Dalton is an underrated Bond. I'm just going to come out and say, I think Timothy Dalton was a very underrated Bond. I think at the time they casted it as Bond, they didn't know what to do with him. So that's why people consider his Bond movies to not be that successful. But License to Kill, The Living Daylights, great movies. Great, 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 great movies. And I want to take credit for saying right now that Pierce Brosnan getting cast as Bond is an idea that I put out into the universe. The first time I, I think the first time I had seen Pierce Brosnan was in The Lawnmower Man. And then in Dante's Peak. And I think it was after Dante's Peak. That's when he finally landed the role of James Bond in GoldenEye. Pierce Brosnan was made to be James Bond. I mean, and you can't tell me otherwise. We, we, we all knew this. Hollywood knew this. That's why they casted him. And then I've enjoyed Daniel Craig's run as James Bond. You know, Casino Royale is one of my favorite Bond movies. Um, Quantum of Solace, didn't really get into. Um, Skyfall, love it. I love Skyfall. And even Spectre. Spectre was great, too. Um, um, we're all anxiously waiting for No Time to Die. We're waiting for that. But if I had to pick my favorite Bonds... Daniel Craig is number one. Then it goes to Sean Connery. Then it goes to Timothy Dalton, and then it goes to Pierce Brosnan. 
Those are my favorite Bonds. Daniel Craig, Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton, and Pierce Brosnan. That's all I got. You know, so. But yeah, I've never seen the Spy Who Loved Me, so there, there, just to move on to that. The Good... Is that... Did I skip over one? All right. Next one. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is the most overrated film of all time. I love Westerns, but I would consider the final film of the trilogy to be Sergio Leone's fourth best behind Once Upon a Time in the West, Once Upon a Time in America, and A Few Dollars More. I genuinely do not understand the love for this movie, especially compared to A Few Dollars More. I think it might have been because of it was at the height of the Western genre, especially with Clint Eastwood. That's why I think the good and the bad and the ugly is always praised as one of the best Westerns of, of its time. So that's what that, that's pretty much the way I can see it. Like I don't I've never I've never I've never seen like the um you know the um I've never seen the trilogy. I've never seen it. I've never seen once I've never seen um you know a fistful of dollars. I've never seen a few dollars more. I've never seen a good bit in the bag of the alley. I've never seen any of those westerns. I, mean, I was never a western fan, but um, I'm gonna try to get myself to watch um Tombstone because I hear that's one of the best um western movies. So I want to try to watch that. But you know, it, I, I want to say it was at the height of the western genre, so that's probably why. Um, let's see. Moving on, Citizen Kane. Great, quote unquote, greatest movie is an awfully subjective claim to be made. That said, the closest thing to the objective cinematic truth might be that Citizen Kane is the greatest movie ever made. It's less than it's, it's less that it's a great movie on its own, but more that it's basically what the Beatles were, were to rock music in that it is a really good movie that pioneered innovations that have ended up making other movies better. Looking back, it will be a bit hard to appreciate the genius because of how transformative it ended up being. It's similar to Star Wars, which isn't all that great of a movie in terms of plot and characters, but was such a huge leap in the kinds of effects work we expected from movies that is rightfully viewed as one of the greatest movies ever. You know what? I, I, I guess I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Like, oftentimes... When a movie gets dubbed one of the greatest movies of all time, it's because it innovated the it innovated the genre to some degree. You know, Citizen Kane, you know, transformed how filming is done, especially with how long films can be. Star Wars changed the way graphics and special effects are done in movies with its whole space opera, you know, aesthetic. Um you look at people like Christopher Nolan. Um, Tarantino, Spielberg, you know, you look at these guys and the innovations or the styles they've chosen to make their movies that have like set a precedent for other filmmakers that, you know, you oftentimes get a lot of copycats out there. While I have never actually sat and watched Citizen Kane, I can understand why it's hailed as one of the greatest movies ever made. I can understand that. Speaking of Tarantino... Tarantino sucks. Not my words. A fellow user on a different sub made the bold statement, if you're a fan of Tarantino, you literally know nothing about film. It's a bit harsh, I thought. Again, a different innovator of filmmaking. Um, 
I have not seen every Tarantino film, but I've seen enough of them to know what his style is like, and I have an appreciation for it. You know, um, Reservoir Dogs, um, the Mariachi Trilogy, um, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. You know, those have a unique style of action and storytelling that, you know, you automatically can pick, pick figure out if it's a Tarantino movie or not. Now, I know he has very conscious thoughts and statements that he said over the years. That's probably where a lot of people are getting their criticisms of him from. But, you know, you can't you can't knock the things he's done in cinema that have, like, set precedent for other filmmakers in cinema. You know. <clears throat> now we're back on Citizen Kane. Here we go. Um, Citizen Kane is a great film, but nowhere near the greatest film ever made. I've seen Citizen Kane twice, and I love it. The cinematography is perfect, the score is beautiful, and the storytelling is magnificent. I recognize how many techniques it pioneered, and I am so grateful for that. It has an easy spot in my top 50. But lots of people call it the number one greatest film ever. In my opinion, even though I find it so great, it is far from the number one greatest ever. Orson Welles is great in the film. However, many of the performances from supporting actors are hammy over the top and out of the place in movies like in a movie like this. I'm not saying it's bad. It's far from it. I can think of over 30 movies that I prefer. Despite it being almost universally considered as number one. And again, that's just subjectivity. You know, my taste in movies may not be your taste in movies. You know, what you think is a, one of the greatest movies of all time could be different from what I think is one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, that's how Content, that's how content creation works. From movies to TV shows to cartoons to books to even things such as YouTube. Whatever your preferences are, that's what you're going to gravitate to. That's really what it is. You know, so um, that's pretty much it on unpopular movie opinions here. So I think that about does it here. I'm going to see, I'm going to think about what the next video I'm going to do on as far as unpopular opinions is concerned. So I may do another one um, at some point. So again, if there's something that you would like for me, like to suggest for me that I watch as far as the Reddit, Reddit boards is concerned, let me know in the comment section. Um, and as always, I will catch you guys in the next video. I'm out. Peace.